Jeremy Gray talks about transitioning into his side hustle, his consulting business, when he retired from the Army. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal. Navy Federal has a mission to put your members first by making their financial goals a priority. You can receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions. It's open to active duty military, the DOD, veterans, and their family members. Navy Federal is proud to serve over 8 million members, including over 1 million veterans and their families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash Veteran Move for more information. All right, we're talking with Jeremy Gray from Noble Consulting. Jeremy, before we get to talk about business and entrepreneurship with you, can you take us back and tell us what you did in the Army? Absolutely. So I spent about 22 years in the Army, and uh, I actually had a different career. I spent 12 years in and out of a schoolhouse towards the halfway point to the end of my career where I was doing the training development and instructional piece for senior leaders. And then as you were looking to retire from the Army, what, what was your transition plan or was your, what, how, how was the plan and how well did it work for you? My plan went fairly well. Now, I started my transition plan earlier than a lot of people. At, at the 15-year mark, I decided that I was going to retire as soon as I could. I discovered consulting and training development, and I started going out a little bit and just helping some people at night do some stuff. So I, I actually found a, a piece that the military equipped me for to go out into the real world and, and talk about leadership and leadership development. So that plan lasted. You know, I, my wife and I kind of decided to, to start our savings process and increase savings and, and say, hey, we're, we're really going to start going from full-time military to actually, hey, this is our, our end date when we're actually going to transition out. And that was kind of my, my really quick plan of how to leave the military, even though it was something I, I really did love. Yeah. And so it was good, you know, good on you for having that foresight to be thinking ahead. So what kind of things, as far as your consulting business, were you able to put in place while you're still on active duty to set you up to have that smooth transition into entrepreneurship when you got out or when you retired? So a couple of things I started using was, uh, I, my veteran network, you know, I, I didn't realize I was calling it a veteran network at the time, but I knew some folks that had left the military. And so I'd reach out to some of those guys and gals and ask them, said, how was your journey? What, what, what were some of the mistakes you made in your transition? Um, what are some of the areas that, that were surprises and what are the areas that kind of, uh, that, that served you well? And, and people gave me some pretty amazing feedback, you know, the having a savings plan as soon as you can to get as, much savings as possible, especially as being an entrepreneur. I talked to people that were in the consulting business that had served in the military. And then I, I used a, a couple mentoring networks, um, ACP and, and Veterati to kind of uh, take a deeper dive into like how I need to be equipped for uh, consulting. Um, and how I found out about consulting is we used to have obviously active duty, but also National Guard and Army Reserve. And I had this guy that owned his own business in the National Guard that came through our leadership school. And when he got done at the, at the end of graduation, he came and says, hey, anyway, we could talk about some of the leadership styles you talked about and how to do, improve communication. 
from that, you know, he, uh, he passed my name around to six or seven people and people started wanting to pay me. And I said, I just kind of like doing this. And that was the, the origin of my consulting journey. I was like, Hey, you know, there's a, there's a, a new light to look at or, or, or something after the military. Mm-hmm. And so were you able to actually uh, get your business going while you were still on active duty and actually get a few clients and actually get into profit mode um, even uh, before you retired? Actually, yes, I was. I, I started uh, coaching some people along the way. And and then I, I discovered this thing called John Maxwell. And John Maxwell been a fan mm-hmm. of his for a long time. But I joined his John Maxwell team. And so it, it equipped me with a lot of content and training to kind of translate some of that military experience into that corporate space. Um, and so I was able to gain some clients and do some trainings at the you know local chambers of commerce and some small businesses that wanted to do stuff after hours. And that generally worked pretty good in my schedule to, to kind of fit those people where, you know, if I wasn't on TDY or, or transitioning or whatever. So it, it worked pretty well, actually. Yeah. So you're actually, you weren't just getting military clients. You're actually getting civilian clients while you're still in the military. Exactly. Yes. And, and some of those people were veterans that I knew through my, um, my life in the military and they would recommend me to go out and talk to other people just about leadership and servant leadership and, and what that looked like. And then, then being able to break it down and unpack it to where people would kind of be able to imp- implement it pretty quickly into their organizations. Yeah. So I really yeah. like the idea how, as far as networking is concerned, how you, you networked with who you current with the current network you had, which was a military network. And from the military network, you gradually got networked into civi- on the civilian side of things while you were still active. Absolutely. And I was, I was blessed. I don't know how it happened, but it, I kind of fell into networking. I can't remember which friend of mine talked about this is who are you talking to? And so I was telling all the people I was in the, in the military, I was trying to talk about this and, he said, Jeremy, you need to talk to more people. Let me connect you with folks. And so he, uh, he encouraged me to get on LinkedIn and he started connecting me with people that were other veterans. And, you know, I, I met some guys, Grant and another guy named Kevin and some other folks. And, and obviously you, Joe, where we've kind of connected now and, and, and I learned how to network and, and I was amazed on how quickly that opened doors, having, you know, people that served um, in the military through some capacity, and how that would allow me to meet other people that were actually never maybe have served, but, but had a veteran presence in their corporate world. And, hey, we would like more of, of you to come in to, to help us out with leadership, communication, et cetera. Yeah. You know, that's really one of, the, one of the biggest obstacles that veterans face is having that civilian network. Because oftentimes many of us, when we get out of the military, retire, whatever, you're, you're relocating from where you're currently at. So you're, you're – sh- you show up to a different city, maybe where the, where you get the first job or go back home or go where your spouse was from. And you show up and land, you just got out, and yet you have zero civilian network and really zero military network that's geographically with you. So the, the value of, of being able to build that network prior to exiting the military is tremendous. Absolutely. And, and another thing that, that really helped me um, and this is a little plug. I actually was an, I'm an alumni of the Hiring Our Heroes Corporate Fellowship. And whenever I was leaving the military, I you still have this question like, hey, my my side hustle, if you will, is bringing in some income, but will it be enough to establish, you know, a, a way forward? And, and we were fairly successful on some measurement, 
But I, I went through that process to kind of go through discovery if if the corporate world not being an entrepreneur would work. But the benefit of that was finding some people to network quickly in the region I was in. Yeah, and as far as evaluating whether your your side hustle here before you got out was going to be able to pay you what it needed, what you needed it to pay you. How were you able to evaluate that? And did you actually have it up to the point where it was almost replacing your military income before you retired or did you ramp up after you finally, you were finally done? It actually, I had some ebbs and flows. Um, we were doing uh, pretty well where we were actually replacing the income and then, you know, Mike Tyson has a great plan, has a great <laughs> quote saying, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? <laughs> or us military folks, no plan survives first contact. Yep. And so, uh, you know, kind of going through that process, it, it happened to me. And even though we'd had that savings plan, and that's one of those things I talk about quite a bit, is that, you know, we, we, co- we executed all our contracts. We thought we were going to gain a couple more. Um, so that timing was perfect. And then there was a a budget crunch, if you will, in some of those corporate sectors. And, but it, it definitely taught me, you know, now I'm a while past that. It was like, whoa, it, it really showed me the, the value of entrepreneurship and, and another level of money management, as well as kind of relying on that network, that veteran network that's in that entrepreneurial space. Because I think all of us have felt that at some point where things were going really well, then all of a sudden the brakes hit a little bit. So, yeah. And, so when you before you retired, how much was your current military job restricting you from really taking off and flying? And, and like when you finally were were out, did the change come off and, and then did you really accelerate or was it a big difference? Because I'm curious because really the ideal scenario we talk about on the show quite a bit is if you're running a side hustle while you're still in, and you get it to the point where it's making money and the only thing keeping you from scaling is the fact that you're still in. Then when you finally retire or get out, there's nothing else holding you back and you're, you're off and running. I mean, that's the ideal scenario. So did right. you experience that or was it still kind of slow to, to get off the ground even after you were done? Uh, so I, I did experience some of that. Um, so that some of the challenges, like while I was still in the military, you know, some people would want me to come and do um, like – um, consulting during the week and say, Hey, they want to see here. Well, obviously I had responsibilities to the military that were my number one priority. And so, you know, I would, I would try to balance those two areas. Well, once, um, once I went through my transition process and onto my leave, that's where things started ramping up quite a bit. So it, it did take off, but I, I, to be honest with you, it almost felt like a plane that had, you know, you're in the middle of, of taking off and all of a sudden something happens. And so we had to set back down for just through November and December, for example, for a couple months. And now we're starting to take off kind of again. It's that it's that frustrating flight where you know you're getting to your destination. You had to touch down immediately after takeoff because of some issue. But now we're we're going back up in a pretty quick trajectory. So we're going from a and I, you might appreciate this better than some from like a Cessna going to a fighter jet, it almost feels like. So within a few months when I first joined the Marine Corps. I became a Navy Federal member. That was over 29 years ago, and I still have the same account after 29 years. Navy Federal has a mission to put members first by making their financial goals a priority. You can receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions. A credit card APR average that is 4% lower than the industry's. 
member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and perks, access to over 300 branches and thousands of fee-free ATMs. They also have 24-7 live support through their U.S.-based call center. Navy Federal is open to active duty military, the DOD, veterans, and their family members. Navy Federal is proud to serve over 8 million members, including over 1 million veterans and their families. At Navy Federal Credit Union, their members are the mission. Visit NavyFederal.org slash VeteranMove for more information. That's NavyFederal.org slash VeteranMove for more info. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. Thanks to Fiverr, finding the right freelancer doesn't have to be a struggle. You find what you're looking for instantly. You can search by service, deadline, price, reviews, and more. You'll know exactly what you're paying for up front. No negotiating needed. 24-7 customer service. It's quality talent you can count on. Sellers have worked with some of the most influential brands in the world. So the big companies, the big guys are even using Fiverr to find their talent and to get projects done. Finding talent on your project has never been easier. Review seller ratings, buyer feedback, and select the right freelancer based on your budget. Kelly and I use Fiverr all the time in our businesses with our Amazon business and this podcast. So take five and check out Fiverr.com. And if you use my code, you get 10% off your first order. And the code is VETERAN. It's so easy. Don't waste any more time and get the service you deserve by going to Fiverr.com. That's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. And use my code veteran for 10% off. All right, we're back talking with Jeremy Gray from Noble Consulting. So Jeremy, you just got out last summer. So you're about maybe the, the six month, six, seven month mark at this point. Haven't even got through a full year cycle. Before you got out, you're running your side hustle and you're, you're, you were talking on the break, we were talking that your side hustle, you were making money with your side hustle, but you didn't really need the money that you were making with the side hustle. So what were you able to do with that money at the time? Absolutely, Joe. So what we actually did with that money is we put a thousand square foot addition onto our house. And um, I always told my wife that we were going to wait a couple months. And and so about a week late to do anything more. And about a week later, we completely remodeled the rest of the house, new kitchen, um, completely tore everything out, put everything back, new wiring, everything. So my wife got her new house on an old farm farmstead. So she's pretty excited. And I was also able to invest in my business by joining the John Maxwell team and and some other things. So it was really uh, pretty successful before I, I got out of the military. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that really gives you an idea of how successful your business was as a part-time gig. So you get out, you kind of hit the doldrums during during the, the holiday period, the winter months. Things are starting to take off for you now. Who is your typical client and what exactly are you teaching them? So my typical client, um, I guess to do that, explain that best is kind of frame it up a little bit is, is that most companies hire on technical skills. They, they put somebody that was, had a high level of technical ability into a management supervisory position mm-hmm. on up. And, and so what I like to do is, but, but they lack these essential leadership or soft skills. And so what I do is I come in and I fill that gap, developing those leadership traits of, of communication, of, of supervision, of, of what in the military we called counseling, but we kind of you know, doing those, those six month follow-ups where they are really able to build their team successfully. Yeah. You know, you're, you're referring to soft skills versus hard skills. And this is a very important point to military folks, even if you're, especially if you're just getting out looking for a job and there's a lot of civilian companies that just don't get it because civilian companies do like to hire based off technical skill 
or hard skills is all encompassing. I got to have somebody that's got a finance degree. They got to have a, they got to be a CPA. Uh, they've, they've got to, I, I really want somebody with an MBA. So they so they understand this lean six Sigma, all, all the different certifications. And there's some jobs that legally require you to have those hard skill certifications. There's no getting around it, of course, but companies, I think when it comes to veterans, they're missing the boat when it comes to why they're really wanting to hire a veteran. And that's because of the phenomenal soft skills. There's no better leadership training program, no better leadership grooming institution, leadership institution, no better one than the U.S. military when it comes to leadership. And that's what you're really looking for. These people have phenomenal soft skills. A lot of times you can teach them the hard skills in a short amount of time. Soft skills take a long time to learn and it takes a long time to learn it well. And the U.S. military puts more emphasis on leadership and those soft skills than any other organization out there. Absolutely. And, and it's amazing the continuity program the military has designed, you know, from, from day one till day 20, 20 years later, you know, um, they, they have this idea, this plan to, to develop people. And, and as we take that away from, from the military, you know, we, we do have some amazing abilities of project management of, of those essential soft skills planning. And, and I won't go, I'm, you know, we, we could talk about it for hours and hours and hours because I'm very passionate about it. And one of the things about, you know, like uh, corporate, the corporate world, and, and if you will, I'd actually like to talk about a space where I'm giving a talk here in a few months about hiring veterans and how that's good for corporate folks, where, where you know, when corporations do that, they're absolutely blown away by how quickly um, veterans learn those hard skills, but they they already have those soft skills established, and then their ROI is exponential. Is because they're they're like, whoa, we didn't realize this person would be able to positive, positively influence the rest of their team or their group, where everybody else is able to bring up their ability and really, you know, start improving results. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, I guess some good friends and some military comrades that have been, got out in the last few years. And some of these, some of, some companies have figured it out to the point where they're, they're hiring somebody and putting them in charge of an insurance company, maybe a small insurance brokerage or something like that. They know mm-hmm. nothing about insurance, but they've figured out, wait, the, it's really the leadership. We're, we're putting this individual at the top because he's a leader. He'll figure out the insurance thing, but it, and even some of the employees that figure out, oh, well, they put this guy in charge. He does nothing about insurance. They're a little dismayed about it in the beginning, but shortly, once the leadership kicks in, once that individual starts performing as a true leader, then the employees figure out, oh, yeah, I understand. It's I don't really care if he knows. I don't really care if my boss knows about insurance. The fact is he's leading. He cares about us. He's going to take care of us. He's going to make the do the right thing for the company. That's really what ends up being important at that level. So I find it interesting that in, in your, you're basically your, your ideal customer are these companies that have hired on based on technical skill, but they forgot about the whole leadership thing. And really it's the lack of leadership that's holding individuals or the company back uh, in order to move to that next level. That's exactly right. And, and once they kind of, like you said, figured out 
all the companies that I've done any consulting with, you know, and I, and I, and I use the term culture, but I also believe that everything rises and falls on leadership. And so when people implement these strategies of leadership and, and not just surface level leadership, the military has a comprehensive leadership. It's not just trying to improve the results of the organization, but you know, they really care about their people and, and the great leaders really have influenced people for generations, you know, we, we could talk about many military leaders of yesteryear that are still influencing um, how the military does work and, and leadership today. And we take that out into the corporate space. We talk about say, hey, you know, there's a lot of people, influencers today that do that. But most of those people draw inspiration from military leaders from yesteryear. And so we kind of unpack that and go forward and say, hey, this is the way you influence your people both either positively or negatively are going to affect results. And there is some, if you will, some continuity between positive leadership, positive results, negative leadership, or lack of leadership, negative results. And when people buy in, and the quicker they buy in, the fuller they buy in, the deeper they buy in, the quicker their ROI seems to appear. I've, I've had people, it, t- it took a couple of years, and I've had people a couple of months, and, and their results are so, you know, when they're, in that space, they're like, I wish I would have understood that five years ago, 10 years ago. And you're teaching primarily the John Maxwell system, you know, which is a like a civilian version of leadership. How important is your performance or the product you deliver? How important is it that you're able to take what you take the leadership lessons you had in the military and apply them to the John Maxwell system? One of the, that's a great question. One of the opportunities I had in the military as being an instructor. And so, you know, as I developed those instructional skills and, and de- writing and, and developing leadership, it was funny because in some of that courseware, John Maxwell was specifically talked about it and, and what he considered leadership. And so when I left the military, some of those skills, because, you know, when you're dealing with soldiers or, or military people in the military, you know, you have to connect with them on a pretty authentic level because of some of our the work we have to do both, both, you know, here and abroad. And so when I, when I translated that to the John Maxwell systems, people are like, you don't understand stress. And I, I smile and I say, you know, so when you're, you know, a thousand miles away from your home and, and you're trying to balance work life, you find out really what stress is. And so, you know, and I also talk about resiliency and, and John Maxwell talks about resiliency and, and really connecting with your people in your organization. And, and the better you you connect with them, the more you you provide that leadership and, and give them follow-up and, and feedback and, and influence and empowerment to make decisions. Um, you essentially are growing organic leaders in your organization. And that that truly serves that organization. And so it's kind of similar to the military where where we give people these limits to make decisions, but then we allow them to make decisions. And we we extrapolate that information and, and package it in a little different way and allow those leaders in, in corporate spaces to to make decisions and to empower them. And when you empower them, innovation really can happen. And with innovation, you know, results are improved and and without going too deep into that, you know, it's pretty amazing what happens when when you take that ability from the military, use the John Maxwell systems as well, combine those two to really serve um, what, what what my client base is, which, like I said before, are those people that want that gap filled. Yeah. So, how is it you how is it you 
execute on on this system? Do you show up and do like a one or two day seminar and then you're gone and that's it? Or is there a follow up and reach back going on over a six month time frame? That's a great question. So what I what I tell people in the corporate space is uh, I, I'm a speaker, trainer, and coach. And so what I believe is I go and I like to plant oak trees. Oak trees, oak trees are my favorite trees. And so whenever I do like a lunch and learn or I go do a training event, um, I tell them I'm, I'm planting some oak trees. And depending on the type of training event, if it's a lunch and learn, it's a small, small seed or small, small sapling. If it's a workshop, it's a, a more established tree. And so we, we could do it through that method. And if they'd like for me to kind of help fertilize and kind of help have an irrigation system, I, I have continuity programs, which really allow the, those trees to, to get that solid root base. So six months to a year later, it really takes hold um, and they're really able to, to find that ROI. And how are, you, how are you doing that over a long period of time? Are you just coming back and visiting the office on a regular basis? So one of the things I do is I, I use this thing, this, this model called mastermind groups. So essentially mastermind groups through this model is where we'll take a, an hour a week over 10 weeks, for example, and we'll have them pour into each other, these leaders in this organization, and we'll, we'll kind of see what's working and what's not. And I will provide some, some guidance some facilitation on best way of connecting with their teams. Also, we, we, we talk about like stove piping versus having this reservoir. And so we try to get out of those silos where they realize that they really need each other. And we do that through a mastermind group or workshops or, or truly a continuity program with, with, with those small groups, training workshops, maybe some coaching to kind of help people really plant along the way and, and to grow their, like their oak trees. Yeah. I mean, masterminds are phenomenal concept and I've been a member of mastermind for a couple of years and, I wouldn't ever be without it at this point. So how many masterminds are you typically juggling in addition to going out and getting new clients and doing um, on-site presentations? So my full caseload, if you will, is five to seven masterminds at one time. Um, that is that is a pretty intense caseload with, on top of that, with 10 coaching clients. And about quarterly, I try to do you know, two to three workshops in the various areas where I'm trying to reach out to. But my main, my main reach out for people is opportunities to do lunch and learns where, you know, I'll come and do a, you know, a 45 minute talk over, over leadership and, and one of the various programs I might have. Yeah. And so like a typical, typical company that you've done a lunch and learn with, and they've hired you as a consultant for the leadership's uh, seminars and stuff like that. How many like does everybody in this in the same company all go in the same mastermind or are you are you dividing it out where you have multiple masterminds from each company? It depends on the size of the company. I, I, I like to use that mastermind group in a small as a small group. So twelve to fifteen is the kind of the the limit. Um and, mm-hmm. and so let's say we have forty five leaders, I'd have three mastermind groups in that company and to make sure that everybody gets a a good, intense, in, immersive experience where they're able to all have some shares and some ideas without, you know, just having five people participate and the other 40 not really get any value from from the mastermind. And you pay close attention to how you divide it out and who you put in each mastermind group because, you know, like with my mastermind, it's, it's 12, 12, 15 guys that don't know each other at all from the, in the beginning. And we all were from all different walks of life and different businesses and all that. Here you've got everybody's in the same company. Like how 
how free or how willing are people to express their opinions there and be honest in these mastermind groups, knowing that it's like their boss might be in the group with them or one of their subordinates might be in the group. That's a great question. It's one of my fun things to talk about. Um, so that, that's one thing in the military that I used to do is I, I was, without trying to sound arrogant, I, I felt like I was great at building teams. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so when, whenever we do that, so let's say we have a, a group of 45 or 50 people, we're trying, we try to be intentional to make sure that not everybody from the same group is in the same mastermind. That way there's some cross-level talk throughout each mastermind group. The other thing is, is most of this um, mastermind content allows people to both take individual notes, but also kind of speak up and share ideas. And we, we make it a safe place. And, and, and Stephen Covey, um, Dr. Covey's son, has this book called Speed of Trust. And so we, we try to establish trust really quickly in our mastermind group. And, and I've been successful for whatever reason to be able to establish that. And what people find is, is that whenever people start having good ideas, they find out just because they might be a mid-level manager and let's say a senior vice president is in that same mastermind group is that the innovation from that mid-level manager to that vice president might bring some enlightenment. Or the other thing is that senior vice president might say something where that middle manager may have not agreed with the idea before and realize this is where they're coming from. So they're able to establish that, that bond of trust and, and, and understanding, which really serves their organization. Yeah, that's great. So Jeremy, if uh, someone's interested in checking out Noble Consulting, how would they find you? Uh, absolutely. So a couple ways to find me is uh, through my website, uh, www.nobleconsulting.biz, B-I-Z. And then uh, through my phone number is a great way to contact me, 785 Awesome. And if you're talking to somebody that's looking to get out of the military, getting a side hustle going prior to, if they can, uh, wanting to go into entrepreneurship when they get out, what kind of information, what kind of advice would you have for them? Uh, so three things. Um, if they're going into entrepreneurship, number one, there's this uh, boots to business class. I highly recommend them going to. Second thing is, is reach out, please reach out to me or reach out to somebody that's a veteran that have left the military so we can kind of take some dives and, and give you an accurate picture of what it really might look like. It's not always roses, but it's not always a bad spot either. And then the last thing is, is be financially prepared. Um, it, it, is a, it is a drastic change, understanding all the pieces and flowing parts of cash flow and revenue. And so try and read some books, take some courses, use LinkedIn um, to kind of understand that as best you could. Awesome. Well, hey, Jeremy, uh, thanks for sharing your knowledge and uh, information about what you're doing with consulting. It's a great business. Glad it's going awesome for you. You're one of the few people that had a had a real uh, a legit side hustle that was uh, producing income prior to getting out and then went right into it full force. Um, so good luck to you in the future, and we look forward to seeing your future success. Well, thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. You bet. All right. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike. <laughs>